0: welcome to the homeschooling homegirls podcast join us as we take up space by sharing our bi poc experiences in the homeschool unschool world i'm your host tiffany sandoval i spent most of the last 19 years in the homeschool unschool world listening to the advice from narratives that did not include me or anyone that was not from the white or white adjacent lived experience this podcast is about elevating the voices that for far too long Have been silenced in the name of white fragility my hope is that by sharing our stories others can see that homeschooling and unschooling is one of many paths to raise empowered educated people stories will be shared from lived experiences not theories and different perspectives are encouraged so grab your coffee or your cocktail and join us as we expand our perspectives today's episode we're going to be kicking it with our homegirl genesis Today's episode is split into two. The first half, we're going to be talking about the spark, doubt, boundaries, shadow work, by POC spaces, and goodness. The second half is going to be about homeschooling groups, the podcast purpose, problem solving, cancel culture, how to make your homeschool group safer. You can find Genesis on Facebook and Instagram and her website at genesisripley.com nobody wants to have the off, the the ugly conversations or the uncomfortableness when when kids either self select out of the group or or people self select them out of the group or dating happens i even see it in logan's 8 year old group um, It was funny so we i started a, a book club for bi poc kids only and the first book I chose was Ghost Boys because I think it's so relevant. It's the beginning of the talk with Logan for me. It's a talk mm-hmm. that Dylan begged me not to have with Logan um, because I had it with Dylan, and I I really believed it saved his life. But um, when he had his his uh, his interaction with cops, but um, but even even after his his, his experience, he doesn't want me to take away Logan's innocence or he doesn't want him to have the idea. So I've been trying to navigate both of my kids, knowing what I need to do and knowing where Dylan is coming from. Um, and in that book, it starts with um, the main character's death. And we listened to it on a camping, like we were driving to a camping trip so we, I knew we had a couple of hours. It was we finished the book almost, and the whole on the trip there, um, and we've listened to it twice since because I realized as Logan was listening to the book, he when things would get hard, he would check out because we would stop it and then have a discussion, and then he's like, "Oh, I didn't hear, that. I didn't get that, or I didn't see that, or I didn't, whatever," and I realized that like we do that a lot as adults. Not just, and kids do it too. It's almost like they reach this where I can handle and then I I can't and I shut off. Um, I think it's an amazing book. I think every person should read that book or listen to it, especially listen to it because it's told from the perspective of a 12 year old boy. Um, um, And so I I think that there's a lot out there from an adult's perspective, but to hear it from a child's perspective is important. Um, And those books, books like that are kind of what I'm, what the book club's about. It's not, I mean, some of them will be easier, but like, those are real things that kids need a way. I think adults need a way. Listening to that book three times gave me more tools than I think I've amassed in 40 years. Right. And it talks about bias and racism and things that we, I've been working on. I think kids have a way of saying things so simply. These books, these conversations, these hard, honest truths, like it's so much easier not to have them and but it doesn't mean that these topics aren't c- coming out in other ways do you know what I mean like and I think giving space, even with friends if you're gonna uh, be homeschooling with people or unschooling with a group of people I was in a park day for eight years and what got me on the outs was saying how are we gonna handle like I'm seeing a bias and I'm see, I'm like I, I didn't even say racist I said bias I'm seeing a bias with children. There's this white girl doing this, and these two brown boys doing this, and you guys are, and what the boys are doing is not even quarter of what this girl just did. And yet they're being asked out. And this, you know, and this one's being coddled. And um, and I got it from the brown, the two brown kids mother, mom, because she's white. Um, I got it from the rest of the group. Ooh. And and I was just saying bias. Like it wasn't even you know, having, that was the beginning, and how are we going to have, and how are we going to handle conflict resolution? Those were the two things that got me out of a space I had raised my kids in, you know, and so um, I know I get it, find your group, like I was fitting in a group, I didn't belong, um, but having these conversations in the homeschool, unschool community, and I think when you talk about shadow work, it isn't in direction of just education or raise it's like it's yourself and raising children and being in relationship with other people that are also oppressed um
1: yeah um all that was really juicy um and again there's there's so many places you can go and 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 um uh, there's so much wisdom in everything you shared um a couple things stood out for me when you were talking about when you would uh, uh, try to create safe spaces for everyone to just you know be in the spaces, uh, there was a period of time that I had to have a mourning. Um, it started with the morning of I can't just raise my children in a bubble and protect them from uh, you know the uglies in this in this life, um, and then over time. I started to recognize that it's, and and this is, uh, this is contextual, um, but it is not for me to protect them from everything. It is, of course, for me to protect them from certain things, but uh, their journey is theirs to have, and um, I think that's also true in the spaces of when we all come together and try to be with each other. Uh, because I had to recognize and release any attachment to um, the way decolonizing looks, right? Deconstructing these ideas, unschooling, it's all shadow work to me. It's all the same, which is why uh, um, that, that, that uh, idea uh, embodies all of it to me. It simply is um, being accountable for self. I mean, it just, you know, it's that I am accountable for the way I show up in space, period. Uh, I'm accountable even um, with the unconscious aspects of the way I show up in space. Uh, and I think that um, in those circumstances, I enter them and uh, I'm learning too. Uh, how to uh, inspire safety in those spaces so that we can talk about things honestly. Um, and, uh, and, and, and and also, I think unschooling, um, what I learned is that sometimes we believe, because of how colonized we all are, that there's only a few solutions to any given idea or problem when there is a whole infinite divine space you can pull from, it's just that we don't, uh, we're not expansive enough to perceive that because we are um, limited in our perception due to colonization and due to a uh, culture that doesn't inspire us to expand. And so when we enter spaces with each other, we're all working from those traumas, right? And we're not, uh, we're not at a place yet where um, commonly, right? We're not at a, in a common place where we can all just kind of go into space and then, you know, it, 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 it's smooth sailing. The work sometimes is going to be uncomfortable. The work sometimes is going to feel cringy, right? It's going to make people want to leave and, uh, you know, maybe pull your, your worst parts of you, make you maybe want to gossip or, you know, all the things. Um, but really what it's asking of you is, oh, okay, I need to seek, uh, I need to look at myself. Um, I need to look at what's uh, what my emotionality is informing me. Um, I need to look at the circumstance and see if there's a soul offense in the space, and I need to move from that space of consciousness, not from a reactionary disposition. Um, and that, that that's a that's a journey, you know. Um, that's a journey that we're all on. Uh, the journeys. Uh, of um, dealing with um, homeschooling groups. I've had my own uh, curious (laughs) circumstances uh, in different homeschooling groups. And I remember um, feeling obligated to provide these outlets for my children. Um, And it was really difficult because I felt so invisible in these spaces and I felt like my children were not safe at all. And to have to spend hours like that um, and, you know, be social uh, is, is, is it's a lot. And uh, it was something that was really a challenge for me and my children um, for a good long while i've had you know and, and if and in the moments when i've brought things to the space uh, really for the healing of all the space really uh, you know it's always you know the the denial of it or that I'm, uh, I'm bringing negativity into space when really i'm just bringing my experience and i'm getting gaslighted um, and so that, that has been tricky. And uh, I've learned that in the now, that I no longer uh, put place myself in those spaces. It's just not an option for me anymore. Um, and that uh, my kids at this age now, um, we can sort of have dialogues around healthy environments um, and, and taking care of each other. Mommy's important too. And these places aren't healthy for mommy because of X, Y, or Z. And I don't speak to age appropriateness. I speak to the human being that I'm speaking to. Uh, m- my son is at a certain place, and I and you know we evolve how to flow. My daughter is at a certain place, and we evolve our flow. It's all unique in unschooling. There is no cookie cutter um, space here. It's it's all uh, relationship based. Uh, so. Um, I think, uh, the, the journey of this, um, in all ways really is to bring our attention to self so that in all these spaces, whether we're in homeschooling groups, unschooling groups, in our families, in our communities, um, in our workspaces, uh, we can learn to embody accountability, um. And, and that it's obligated. It doesn't matter that you didn't know. Uh, uh, people, you know, they, they use willful ignorance as an excuse to um, skirt their obligations and accountability. And uh, I, I, I don't, the, the world is clear that that does not work because if you look at what our lack of accountability is doing, we all recognize that we're in a pandemic. And before that, um, and simultaneously, the, the concern is the state of the planet and our capacity to continue to endure on it. Uh, and so, I think the idea that we are um, we can just move unconsciously in space, hopefully, is in its death throes now, um, and uh, that we are reevaluating um, how we want to bring ourselves into space, what kind of world we want to have, um, where. Uh, forming new questions, right, Um, uh, new explorations, Uh, there aren't any answers, Uh, you know, I I almost always think there's just more questions, but the questions uh, offer a pathway, Um, they're gifts, and uh, I think it's, I think that's why it's important that we engage in these kinds of dialogues that are hard. Because without it, we stay in those limited constructs of, of thinking. Um, and when we press the edges of those constructs, we can get to a wider vision, which allows us a deeper exploration of, um, of uh, what's possible.
0: Yeah, I wish that people understood, or the people I went to understood that I wasn't that I was giving them an opportunity to create something better. When I said, when I, and I, I, look at this with my kids and this is the car, this is the part that kind of makes me sad when I think about these other people's kids. If someone comes at you and says, you're hurting me. And your response is no, I'm not. Right. <laughs> you just need to look at right. it another way. Um, that is so violent because one that is more violent than I think anything other than putting your hands on somebody because it took vulnerability to be able to say, stop, you're hurting me or stop. You're hurting somebody else. Cause then you know that you're, if the response to your vulnerability is denial or dismissiveness, then you are, you tell people right away that you're not safe. So for anybody that's wanting to, to <laughs> and just in my experience, be nice, and have a nice way so everybody gets along let's just not talk about it because you know just makes everybody uncomfortable that is so Mm -hmm. violent and i wish that people would understand that the violence that that is because i think people when people hear the term violence they're thinking that it needs to be physical or it needs to be You know, you need to be cussed out and you need to be humiliated. And that is is what's happening when someone comes to you and says, you're hurting me. And you dismiss it or you act like that's not happening. And when when I see adults do that, that means that the children that they are raising are watching the adults do that over and over again. So what's going to happen when they're in that situation? Word. You know? And so... Uh, we talk a lot. One of the other things I got really, oh, I got ousted. <laughs> I think what it finally did me in um, when I saw it happening to my son and I labeled it as toxic. And all the crunchy, ganoli yoga mamas were like, how dare you call my kid toxic? How dare you? And I was like, no, the relationships that are being created are toxic. Our kids are learning to talk about each other instead of to each other. Our kids are learning to label instead of trying to understand where and why this is coming from. Because I don't think anybody acts out for the fun of it. You act out because you're taught that you can't, at least for me. I acted out because I wasn't allowed to have feelings. I wasn't allowed to express how I felt. So it came out of me in another way. Or I acted out when I tried to use my words and nobody wanted to listen. So I made them listen. And I think we in the homeschool, I talk about this in a I think the podcast with Lori. Oh no, maybe it was Priscilla, strong willed kids. Um, even when Logan was a baby, I would leave Park Day when he was nobody really got to see Logan in his full Loganness. <laughs> because they didn't let it happen, because they didn't want him labeled, because I saw how other kids were labeled at a very young age, Mm -hmm. and it followed them all the way through, Um, and it's hard when you're in a tight-knit space or community, and your kid is the kid that just can't get it together like everybody else's kid, um, or doesn't want to get it together like everybody else's kid wants to be whole, because they're allowed to be whole in other spaces, Um, and so Again, this podcast isn't. There's a lot of podcasts out there for, like, how to homeschool perfectly and how to have the perfect product and blah, 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 blah. Um, This isn't that. This is for. I guess I wanted to create a space that I wish I heard people say, yeah, my kid is the kid that can get it together. And I don't care. I don't want them to have to get it together. Or I'm the parent that isn't going to do all the things that the other parents are doing. And I'm okay with that. I just need to not feel so isolated and being myself um so it's not a how-to podcast (laughs) to create this uh or a how-to space of of creating it's more of you're not alone there's lots of people like us doing the work to create spaces that we needed that weren't there or we tried to create and we were violently, nicely escorted from the <laughs> from the place and so was our kid. Uh, so, and to say like, these are the ways in which we've lessons learned. Cause I think if we can share what didn't work or what we tried and, and how it didn't work for us, it doesn't mean it won't work for somebody else, but maybe it saves that parent and that kid the hurt that we.
1: Nah, Yeah. Um, I like what you're talking about because I think um you know, I think I'm going to try to say this succinctly, but actually wrote a piece on it. It's pretty long. <laughs> so I'm going to try to, uh, uh, sort of condense it, but, um, we live in a culture that thinks relatively right. It thinks in binary, um, you know, like, uh, black and white, good and evil, uh, uh, um, you know, big and small. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a relative culture that we live in, and, and we and we don't recognize that um, relativity has its place. But really, we live in a quantum universe, which means that there's parallel with each other, with that lack of knowing, right? So, when I listen to you talking about. Um, the ways in which uh, we would you know you were trying to create space with other people um, and how there was no room Uh, this is this is colonized thinking again um, because we can absolutely uh, you know evolve new questions that allow space. Um, and I always like to say new questions as opposed to, uh, there is problem solving that happens, right? But sometimes um, problems solve themselves and sometimes they need a little assistance and it, it's all contextual. But um, I think in the in, in the big context of groups that um, it's really important that we try to bring An unschooling, a decolonial uh, energy to the space for for those places that we don't understand. Um, Because simultaneously, um, I, you know, I have a very fiery child, and uh, uh, and the other one's more chill, right? But my fiery one, um, because she's fiery. it creates curiosities in space, right, <laughs> with other kids. Um, and I don't, I don't actually experience her as wrong. I don't experience any children as wrong, quite honestly. Um, uh, I, I, I consider all of those moments opportunities um, for us all to learn. Uh, and I think some of that old way of unschooling was so hands off. And I don't agree with that on any level. Um, uh, I think, especially in a culture which uh, it looks like the one we live in, um, and especially with our uh, traumas as as human beings, that we absolutely need to uh, sort of be together as we learn to um, form community. Children need support with their emotions. Children need support with how they interact with each other. Um, unschooling is not just sitting on your blanket for eight hours while your kids hash it out by themselves um that's not my uh, concept of it um but you know these this is again where uh for me it always (laughs) straight up it always comes back to shadow work because if you do the work to uh to um deconstruct these these aspects of self that uh, don't allow you to perceive um, wider and 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 maybe causing of you to show up in space um, uh, with an unconscious presence that is violent Um, you know if if we do the work we we would have a much uh, more expansive experience with each other, and uh, as opposed to having to consistently battle um, with people who are uh, who are married to their unconsciousness, um, because they're throwing a few extra carrots uh, and are willing to act in uh, depraved ways that they don't even recognize. Um, but they are utterly accountable for and that they choose. And all those things are true. You can act in ways that you don't recognize, um, that you are accountable for, and that you are choosing because we have the opportunity to look at something or not. It might be a split second, but we are obligated to evolve our capacities to recognize those opportunities especially if we are from the dominant culture, the oppressive culture, because if you're from the oppressive culture and you're going around and you're saying, I'm not racist, I'm not racist and, and, and all the, I'm a good person talk and yet people of color are consistently experiencing your racism and then you go, no, it's not true. And then the entirety of the of this space uh, rallies behind that because that's the culture, um, we can not evolve and grow. And I'm going to go ahead and take a shot at the dark and say that all people, uh, uh, most people want something better than what we have. And so if you do, you got to show up for that shit.
0: Do the work. And you got to take it. that feedback as a gift. Like, I really think that if people could change their way of thinking when you're given feedback, any kind of feedback, I know I do when someone tells me I hurt them. As much as in me, like especially like if it's online, like in me, I want to fight, right? So like that comes out. But then being able to recognize why I'm so upset like shit and ask myself like, who the fuck did I just hurt? Calms me down and stuff. Like maybe sometimes at the end of the day, I don't agree with it, but it doesn't mean it's not valid. Someone said I hurt them, then I hurt them. I don't have to understand or see why or how I can try. And if I can't get there yet, I've learned more likely than not that it's just like, I still have work to do. But the last thing I need to tell that person is like, no, that's your shit, not mine. You know? (laughs)
1: Um, But you know, that's the disembodied men of of whiteness in this culture. And I always speak to whiteness. Um, uh, And and white people absolutely embody whiteness and other people do too. I call them white adjacents. but uh, you know, whiteness is—it's uh, an ugly-ass thing. It's—it's—it's it's, <laughs> it's a really ugly thing, and I think that um, it's so ugly that this is why that there's so much gaslighting because uh, people don't want to face just how they are. People don't want to look in the mirror um, and stand in the burn of what they're looking at. Uh, they'd rather be plagued by it than face it, and uh, that's um, that's you know that's what this culture creates. Uh, so um, may we all, you know, in our in our time of a of a, I, I kind of see this whole circumstance as collective shadow work right now. Um, but you know in these in these very curious times, maybe I'll be self reflective right about how we each and all show up in space. um let's draw our attention to uh those moments where we are given these opportunities, gifted these opportunities um, through our ancestry, through other people um through the universe how whatever your mythology is, it doesn't matter as long as the work is rolling um so you know just bringing our attention to uh um our presence, so that, you know, quite honestly, um, accountability is liberation, right? Um, if, I'm, if I'm accountable for how I flow in space, what I believe, uh, the patterns of my thought, it's empowered. It's empowering. I'm, I'm, I have, uh, uh, there's less space for my uh, manipulation, quite honestly, because um, uh, I'm not just gonna be unconscious, right? If I'm accountable, um, which is a sacred thing, then when I show up in space, that's that's something that lives in me uh, as a core value. Um, and so I'm not going to be lazy with just uh, uh, a lack of uh, integrity and a lack of presence with what I throw into space. I'm actually gonna uh, be present, cultivate my presence all the time so that when I'm in spaces, um, I can be as... Uh, Integrity as I can in those, and it's not a perfect science. I make mistakes all the time, but the difference is I'm accountable for my mistakes, and I own them, and I do whatever I need to uh, reconcile uh, uh, the places where I need to reconcile, and then I do the learning that I need to do to grow. Um, and 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 instead of invo- avoiding these spaces, uh, we live in a culture that you know. This is what I was talking about earlier is a cancel culture, you know? Uh, I, I both understand it and I disagree with it. Um, I think it doesn't um, allow for a healing culture when you just uh, cancel a person because they've made a mistake. And of course there's gonna be um, uh, con- context to this, right? So, nothing is always true all the time, um, but uh, or rare things are, but uh, I think it's really important important that, particularly with oppressed people, right, who may embody whiteness, uh, oppressed people, um, that we offer grace, oftentimes there is a sincerity and there is a healing that, uh, you know, um, that needs to happen or that's asking to happen. and so I, I'm, not, I'm not really quick to shut a person down because they make a mistake, right? Or, or and, and, I, and I hope that people uh, would respond to me that way because my sincerity is present in space. It's never my intention to hurt another person. But sometimes that's gonna happen because we're all traumatized, right? We're all sort of trying to evolve out of this, uh, this space and we're all imperfect. Um, and that's the perfection of humanity that, is that we're on this journey together. Um, uh, in the in in but, in the case of whiteness, uh, and in the case of like uh, cancel culture around whiteness, that's a different conversation um, and 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 there is context in that, but when you have an entire culture that is accustomed to anti blackness an entire culture that unconsciously just oppresses, there's a certain level of canceling that shit out in all ways that that needs to go down, and so uh, white people need to really show up um, uh, and, and not show up for their work so that they can make less and less of these errors in space. Um, you make too many of those, it's starting to look like you're not doing anything. Uh, and and this is, you know, a, a, I heard in a, in a, in a diversity dialogue um, around people wondering how to make homeschooling groups more inclusive. Um, the dialogue was uh, happening and I, and I saw some of the answers is dealing with the ashes of a cigarette instead of the cigarette itself, uh, which is you wanna make your spaces more inclusive, do the work so that when you're with people that are of diverse nature, you're not consistently violent. Do the work of healing yourself so that you can be present, whole and honoring of other people in your space. There is no fake way, disembodied way, to bring that into a homeschooling group. People of color, any oppressed group, is going to feel that instantly. That it's not real. That you're just doing all the things. That you're being super, super nice, but it, that it, that really it's because you're uncomfortable. Um, I think, you know, white people need to uh, recognize their obligations outside of the immediate circumstance. They've been conditioned to be what they are for hundreds and hundreds of years and the conditioning, um, the conditions for that conditioning was happening before that, before, uh, uh, and I'm, I speak from the Amer- American uh, um, situation, um, but before white people even arrived to this land, the conditions were happening for whiteness, right? um so they need to recognize that this is actually spiritual work this is journeyed work this is not something you can fix you know with your intellectualism or uh with your happy happy joy joy Shit doesn't work like that this is work that is going to be forever work it does get to a place where uh there is a recognition of your evolution in space sometimes. Like I can see when people are doing the work and doing the work and doing the work. There's an ease that I evolve in those spaces. And and, and there's a, you know, sisterhood is sisterhood. These constructs of whiteness for me are not relevant, except that they're constructs that we all exist in. Once I get to sisterhood with a person, um, their colors are relevant to me. Um, their experience is what's relevant. Their identity is what's relevant. Their uh, ancestry is what's relevant. Uh, The whole of them is what's relevant. Whiteness isn't really uh, a real thing out of a psychic construct. So, um, you know, if people do their work to actually be embodied in space, uh, to actually recognize and be accountable um, to what, Whiteness and colonialism has done to black people, to indigenous people, and now to um immigrants um it you know if uh, if they could bring their accountability to that space, then we can uh we-
0: yeah i I totally think, and I think when people ask me because I think sometimes when people are doing their work, they want to know. If it's good enough, they're asking for it to be tested. They wanted, they want approval. They want, I don't know, you fill in the blank. Is it, am I doing it right? And my always, my question is, how many people have you pissed off? If you are doing it right? Then yes, you've pissed off your group of people that thought they knew you. And then now they're figuring out they don't. Because I think there is an intellectualized way. I've seen people do the work that sticks into this little contained box and they they are that way in certain groups of people but when they're in their larger group of people they revert back to before they did the work because they want to keep the peace and they want to keep their relationships
1: right
0: um and at conference somebody asked that question i don't think it was, i was in the same group as uh talk as you were in um but they said how can how do you know if a group is safe and my response was, "How do they take feedback That's how I know if a group is working towards actually doing the work is the way they handle the feedback if if mm-hmm. if If they can or they don't know if they can't tell you how they handle feedback, then no it's <laughs> it's probably not i mean do it at your own risk, like go in with your eyes open right um because I think right now the push is for this fake inclusivity, this, this fake, I'm a good person, I'm not a racist, so don't put me in that category. And we welcome everybody. Okay, well, that's a nice sentiment, but like, do you understand when you make those statements, you have the ability to create so much harm if that's not true? Um, so many of us are lacking community. And so many of us ha- are burnt out trying to find community. I heard that. Um, <laughs> that it's like, I touch that stove, I ain't touching it again and getting burnt like that. Or I'm not letting my kids get burnt like that again. Uh, but then you are like, okay, these people look like me. They're saying the same things as me, but they're so white adjacent <laughs> that it's like it happens all over again, right? And that cancer culture that you're talking about I need to hear more about that because I, in my own life, my personal life, like if you hurt me, if you show me who you are, I will believe you the first time and I check you off my list. I do that to my family, to friends, to relationships. Um, It is how I protect myself. And I think it has a lot to do with my childhood abuse, but it is what I've learned to work through um, or navigate my world. I have also learned the negative, like how, the impact of how that works because um, like me and my sister, me and my sister are 13 months apart and our kids are, are older, are, her only and my oldest are two years apart. And because me and her could not get along, our children who were very tight growing up like lost connection, right? And so like I've seen the impact of choosing to cancel somebody out your life because maybe it's healthier for you as a person, but I saw the impact in our kids. And so, um, and now we can talk. I mean, we don't talk a lot, but you know, it's civil. And so I have a hard time not doing that to people, not canceling them out when they show me who they are.
1: Well, I, uh, I want to be really clear that when I'm speaking about cancel culture, um, I, it is uh, in, in the way that I'm I'm meaning it. It's contextual. Um, familial relationships uh, those those have um, uh, ancestral uh, aspects and, and certain complications. It's uh, you know it's it's generally not like a person made one mistake, so I'm never talking to you again type of thing, right? Um, I'm more speaking about uh, the way a person can make one mistake um, uh, and then they, they, they get ousted uh, and, and what that does to a human being. Um, if we're trying to inspire a healing culture, uh, it, it doesn't, it, it sort of um, cuts them off um, possibly affects their income and their social lives, their kids social lives. Um, and it doesn't you know all they can do is be with, be with the hurt of that, the resentment of that and, and, and often that can pour into um, what they what they said in space and, 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 and their mythology might make that right right or make that truth in their head because they have all this negativity that came from it. Um, uh, my thing about it is you know, Um, I I understand what you mean about people tell you who they say they are, that's real. But also true in space is I understand sincerity and I make room for that. Uh, If I experience sincerity, um, uh, you know, I have presence with it. It doesn't mean that I'm willing to uh, uh, offer loads of emotional labor for free. That shit ain't going down. Um, but it does mean that I respect a sincere effort, um, and I will show up in the ways that, uh, feel right, uh, whatever that might be contextually. Um, so yeah, uh, I just think that, uh, as we, uh, evolve this culture, um, and, and move forward that we need to start to think about how some of our choices um, uh, affect, you know, some of the patterns that we're moving from affect space. And I think that idea of canceling a person out is not gonna take us anywhere good on whole. I think we just need to bring our attention to that, uh, create a situation that um, allows people to grow safely, uh, safely, It's always curious when we're talking, right? Because, you know, if I'm talking to white people, my conversations are slightly different than if I'm talking to BIPOC, right? Um, And this conversation has sort of ebbed and flowed into both spaces. So uh, for white people, um, they need to actually stop trying to cling to safety uh, and they need to actually just show up for the fucking work. Um, And because they are so utterly fragile and that's what... Uh, whiteness does to white people is it makes them really violently fragile um to the degree that they don 't feel like and, and i and I always address white women primarily um, but to the degree that they just don 't feel like they can and i and, and i and I spoke to it how I find it very curious how they can do a million woman march right, and they can show up for all the things that um that benefit themselves. But all of a sudden, when it comes around, race comes to racism. Um, in those spaces, they don't know what to do, or they tremble and cry. And I'm not talking that embodied, whole, soulful crying when you are at a reckoning with yourself. I'm talking about that uh, avoidant crying when you don't want to face who you are. Um, so that so whiteness is a whole different conversation. Uh, but with BIPOC's, um, cutie BIPOC's, right? Um, queer, trans, uh, uh, BIPOCs, Um, you know, for us, uh, I think we need to offer a whole lot of grace, we're oppressed, and we're all trying to figure out how to, how to be in space, and we're, there might be injuries across, uh, across groupings, and I, and I think this is why I want to talk about it, so there's no saltiness, right, that's going to happen, but so that we can deal with it honestly, so that we can start to evolve new patterns of, uh, of a being with each other. We don't, have to, we don't have to recreate these colonized constructs with each other. We don't have to be that. We are decolonizing and we can liberate ourselves from that scarcity, from that hierarchy. Um, I can hold your pain, Tiffany. Um, and, and it doesn't dilute my own, right? Both, both are valid in space. And uh, we, can, we can evolve a circumstance that allows us to heal whatever that might be, you're, you're gonna have different needs from me, right? And then there's gonna be the needs that we have together, healing together. Um, and these are the kinds of dialogues I wanna, I wanna have with people, uh, rather than wait for it to, to hit the fan because uh, <laughs> we're all affected by colonialism. It's, 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 it's not enough to, to just come, uh, come for the whiteness in white people. We have to come for it in ourselves too, and the anti-blackness for real.
0: Yeah, I think that's um, what I hope. Um, Maybe hope is not the right word. Um, It's why your voice and what you're doing, your writings are so needed because I think that bridge of how, I think we all want to get there at some point, especially people that have been doing the work. And like for me, I feel so frustrated because I'm not where I want to be as far as even though like I do the work and then I backslide and then I and then I realize oh I gotta do the work here and then I backslide and then I, you know like and then also just feeling like especially in the homeschool and school community, um, Erica, we were at a board meeting and she brought up a, a talk I did in Portland at the um, Life Is Good conference, unschooling conference. I was there. I totally forgot about that conference. I totally forgot I did anything at that conference mm-hmm. because at that point, um, Erica had called well she always does her talks but she she kind of ends them with like at the time was like if you don't see yourself reflected then get up and start doing the work to see others because until you do other people won't see that they have a space here too and so that's what prompted me to start getting up but I was so nervous because I'm an introvert um, to say anything and do anything and and to really feel like I didn't have the tools I needed to be even doing the work. Like I didn't even know that's what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't, I wasn't looking at resources. I wasn't looking at um, inclusivity or, I just knew that there was so many spaces I would show up to and not be included or, or not be invited or, or, or just treated like nicety, like, oh, well, you know, okay, I'm glad you're here, but like, just don't try to belong to us. Um, <laughs> and you could be fine as long as you don't do that. Um, And so that's what that's why i started speaking and i remember doing that i remember doing the privilege walk there and it was brought to my attention that i had done about race and 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 social economic issues but not about the lgbtq space and so the next year i read i I readjusted right and so i kind of feel like if you're going to be doing the work especially just from what i've seen um i have friends white women who have done the work, and it doesn't end. It's not like you take a course and you read. I've also had women say, well, I read all the books, so I'm fine um, hmm. um, in front of me. That's but, a whole um, other podcast right there. A whole Tiffany. other podcast, right? Um, because there's not <laughs> like, when we say do the work, it's not take a course, <laughs> read a book, join a book club, um, adopt kids from other countries, uh, I've seen people uh, do all these things to prove to themselves or other people that they're not biased or racist. Instead of just embrace it, we have all grown up, like Erica says, in the soup of, of what this is, racism and anti-blackness and anti-indigenous um, culture and anti-immigrant culture. Um, and so we're all swimming in it. And some of us have life experiences to pull from where we've done the work because it's we're living it. And some of us get to escape it um, because it doesn't touch us until it does or until somebody calls onto your actions. Um, but as I see now more and more by POC spaces um, being created in the homeschool and school world, um, my fear is that because these conversations, like the ones you're bringing up, the shadow work, aren't being talked about or done, it's gonna be that infighting and and the the blowing up of those spaces that are so needed. Yes, we all want to sit there and like be able to have community. Like I love that that I can go to a space and see you or Molly or or Lori or you know all of us and we can have these deep deep conversations for hours that start off with us just fucking around or <laughs> say happy to see each other when we leave those spaces that we're safe in or that i can say you can tell me hey this is what you're not seeing or i can say this and we're safe to then going and creating like i've seen all these pu- spaces pop up they fail because like nobody's having the dialogue or the has the work for shadow work I mean like they just want it they don't want the bad they want all the good now they've had enough of the bad they think because everybody looks like me and we've all kind of are looking for the same thing it's going to be this magical space that we all can kind of come into um and and be happy and and I'm not saying that those spaces can't be happy but I think in order for them to survive they need that conversation they need those conversations to start happening
1: I think that, that, that uh, we're all learning. We're all in discovery. Um, and I think that even the things that we're talking about are coming up in other spaces and, and, and the recognition of that. Uh, shadow work is, is, is a term that is, is, is really a formlessness of, of uh, there's a, it exists in space, right? I like to name it because I, I find that when I name something, um, it, it brings it into space, it space births. Uh, it makes it a seed for a person. And then I, I don't care what people call it. Um, you know, it, the, the name is not relevant. The practice is what's relevant. Um, and, and, and also true, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been doing this practice for more than 20 years. Just, it's just how I move. Um, and what I've learned is that uh, the burn when you make a mistake and, and 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 I don't mean mistakes in the way that we experience them in the English language. I mean, you know, when you're a human being, right? <laughs> we're we're all human beings, right? And the burn when that shows up, um, I'm, you know, I enjoy that feeling, uh, and I and I use that word uh, honestly. Um, I enjoy the feeling of uh, being um, challenged on something. That doesn't feel indigenous to who I am. Doesn't feel uh, true to who I am. Um, I enjoy the burn of that, right? Like because I know that that burn—it's like so. Uh, you know, um, my husband and I were talking about it. My partner, and, uh it, the, You know, he works out a lot. He loves to work out, and it's like it's similar. Like you work out, and your muscles are burning. It's that good burn, right? It's that good burn because you know you're, you're evolving and expanding and growing in the ways that you're wanting to grow, evolve and expand. And I find the burn and shadow work very similarly. I think that the issue is that the fragility around it is cultural. Um, I think indigenous uh, cultures uh, before colonialism had shadow work in, uh, integrated in animism. Um, uh, I think we're we are led to um, avoid aspects of who we are. Um, and a lot of that comes from uh, certain interpretations of religions um, that, you know, uh, e- bad and evil comes from another place. Um, and then all I have to do is go and repent. Um, that doesn't inspire accountability. And, and I never come for people's religions. I always state that I come for interpretations of religions. Um, what is it? inspire in your humanity? And how do you show up because of your interpretation? Um, So I I think that, uh, you know, the need is to, or um, what I would want to inspire in space is that we get to a place where we're not so fragile around facing uh, our demons, if you will, our, our, our uglies, you know? And that, you know, we can actually even be celebratory of that uh, uh, and, and create a culture that is celebratory of moving through hard things. Um, because that's real life. That's a whole embodied life. Life is not happy, happy, joy, joy. Uh, you know, it doesn't exist to that. It's like that manic happiness that's disembodied and not real. And like you're smiling, but really your skin is cracking because it's not, you're not smiling from the deepest parts of you. It's like putting on a face um that's not real what's real is grief happens what's real is pain happens what's real is death happens um and you know we have to move through all those things and all this all of it inclusive of um joys and happiness um all of it is part of the whole and we need to stop being addicted to one emotionality or another um we need to just bring our presence to being whole, and we need to bring our resilience to being whole. Uh, we absolutely have the capacity to do that and I think um, uh, and I think it's uh, important for us to
0: challenge ourselves in those ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The challenge if we're already, already challenged raising people and raising ourselves um, think that that's if we want healing that's the way it's going to work do you know what i mean like that's that's where you start if you start nowhere else and it it doesn't even have to be uh outwardly known like i mean people know when you're doing the work even if you say nothing about it um or starting to and like i I always encourage uh i think i and I, I guess you made me think of there is uh, one person that like f- it comes to mind when I think about I see her doing the work really messy um but she's trying you know and 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 that try means more to me than Sofarity, how many right? what choice that I'm like and the fact that she'll take you know uh feedback in that work right. because I know it takes a lot to put yourself out there and then like like I used to always say, like I felt like the whack-a-mole. Like I would try and somebody would just whack me on the head. Like, you know, those games mm-hmm. that you play as a key, in arcades. Yeah. Um, because it was like, nope, like, not like that. And not like, it was a lot of unlearning. And then even when I think I unlearned, like, you, you know, you brought it to my, that's whiteness, right? So um, um, I think if you're, the more willing your people are to putting themselves out there, the less harm they're going to cause and the more space they make to invite people to heal. Because when one, I think it's collectively, when we one heals, it, it starts a ripple effect because those connected to you start to notice a difference and they want to know what, and then it opens up them for dialogue. And I think if anything, if it's not the people around you, it's the people you're raising. Because I know when I started doing the work, Dylan especially was like, oh, he got so much shit for it. From his friends calling me a social justice warrior or whatever the kids you know they were i was disrupting their normal and i had raised them with white all white kids um and so i get it they were angry because their parents were angry um and now i see how at first he wasn't so happy but the ripple effects in his life and how he's grown even when he there was things maybe he didn't want to look at and still growing and even like logan who is um i always joke like it's not joking like he is my kid i could raise the most biggest douchebag if i wanted to because he is so self-involved and he sees his world and he um he loves himself which i don't you know to me i'm like for someone who's worked on self-esteem issues like i love watching how much power he has in himself but what i do need and i always watch out for with him is consent and expanding yeah. his perspectives, because he, uh, his fairness meter is on what's fair to him, not necessarily what's fair to the larger group. Um, yeah, and so that's those a are whole other podcast uh, <laughs> concern. <Right? laughs> um, but that's why I keep putting things in his world where the con- where there's opportunity to have conversations. And at the end of the day of his, I'm not trying to change his viewpoint. I am trying to expand his viewpoint. Because I don't think as a parent my job is to fix him because I don't think he's broken. I think he came into the world exactly the way he's supposed to be for exactly what he's supposed to take on in the world or his part in the world is. Um, But I also know I believe in generational um, trauma. Mm -hmm. And I believe in, uh, I come from a long line of men who abused women. And, um, And so has my husband. And so I'm very, very cautious raising him in what is normalized and what is um, what we talk about and topics that are talking about. Because I'm not saying because it happened in every generation he's going to do it, but there's tendencies I see that I, I, I bring to the table and then whatever he wants to do with that, he does with it. But well, I will I am not willing to do is dismiss it because it's uncomfortable. Um but it is a yeah, line not, that I walk. You
1: keep it up a whole a whole nother uh you keep bring how many different podcasts have you
0: brought up today? <laughs> we're gonna, this is we're gonna
1: be life. doing this. We're gonna have five more times of these.
0: Um, I know, right? Talk about spaghetti. Um I know I don't wanna keep it long and we've talked longer than I than I said we would, but um I've asked every guest, um So when I first said, uh, well, in the welcome episode, I talk about like where the name came from, homeschooling homegirls. But Mm -hmm. what does that mean to you when you hear it?
1: Uh, uh, it, I feel seen. Um, uh, And for me and my journey Uh, that's everything, um, because I tend to be, my tendency was always, um, to just stay to myself, um, with all my thoughts and all my perceptions and all my experiences that are not welcome in space. Uh, so just the feel of it, homeschooling homegirls, right, the feel of it, um, it's like neighborhood, street, uh, that, that feels juicy to me. Um, uh, I feel welcome. Um, and quite honestly, uh, my, my, the welcome I feel with that, not that, you know, first of all, you created the name, but also just that is you. Um, you, you create the space. Uh, you've you evolved space uh in ways that uh I I really honor. So it just makes me feel good and it makes me feel good that it's it came from you. Um because I feel it. Like I, I feel it. Uh you're my homegirl <laughs> and we it. Well, yeah. you know, I don't know. Like I don't know. I I don't, I don't even really call myself homeschooling anymore. Like I I just kind of, I'm living, (laughs) we're all living, uh, you know, so uh, but absolutely it feels, it feels good. It feels welcoming and it, and it feels like those kinds of spaces I wanted to be in the
0: whole time. right? Uh,
1: But this is the time. So I'm cherishing it and I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for being in the space. Um, as always, I mean, our conversations can go, like, uh, one time, I, the first time we met, we met for breakfast, and we shut down the restaurant at nighttime when they kicked us out. Um, yeah, we, we did. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't realize we talked yeah. that long, but, um, and that was our yeah, first time We almost time. shut it down the second time, too. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think it's so rare to find people, at least in my lifetime, to be able to just talk with someone so openly and let things flow and let them go where they're supposed to be without any um pretenses um because I'm always in my head so like when I'm having a conversation I'm having a conversation within my head conversation um because I'm always viewed as as too much so I'm always trying to tame myself or pull back or do you know I I don't know And my brain is like spaghetti, everything touches. So I might be talking about art and then end up like, I don't know, about the evolution of whatever I'm into at the moment. And they, and a lot of times people are like, how'd you get from here to there? And I'm like, oh, because in my head it made sense. Like I had this whole other dialogue that you missed in the middle. Um, (laughs) But with you, I don't ever feel that way. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, you give me a lot to think about and i really appreciate who you are as a person and what you bring i think you bring so much healing to every space that you're in um
1: gratitude
0: for that it's been two hours i'm so sorry Um, it's all good oh god you're in this space and if what's one thing you want people to walk away with i know we talked a lot about but what's oh god Um, one thing that like what's on what's on your heart or what's Oh,
1: no. You know, what's always, what always stands in front for me, what always is present, uh, you know, and it always has to be separated when I'm talking to white people, and when I'm talking to BIPOC, uh, if I'm talking to white people, fucking accountable, You're be- you have- your, your accountability is obligated, reparations is obligated, uh, returning land is obligated, like, <laughs> uh, all that work. Uh, you know, all the time while, while you're trying to show up and, and do your, your, your allyship, um, you need to recognize that that, that that a lot of what I see white women doing is that they center the work on themselves and them freeing themselves from the idea of whiteness. And that is part of it. But the other whole part of it is accountability, reparations work, uh, Uh, land returning, um, wealth uh, returning, uh, paying people for their work, um, finding ways to create opportunities to pay people, people of color for their work. They need to show up and do their work. Um, So that's what I would have to say to white people. And what I would say to BIPOCs, um, cutie BIPOCs, is that we need to bring grace to each other's spaces um, as we heal. Uh, We need to have a little bit more presence with each other. Um, uh, Let me rephrase that. I wanna invite grace. Um, I keep seeing, I see us make mistakes and we can come so hard for each other. It's like, and I'm talking about cutie BIPOCs, I'm talking about LGBTQ, I'm talking about black people, I'm talking about Latin people, I'm talking about indigenous people and all those intersections, right? Um, uh, we need to get in front of any colonized thinking as much as we're capable and learn to be with each other in healthy ways, not hierarchical ways. You know, Learn to be together horizontally rather than uh, competing. That's not our shit, right? That's, that's not our world. We are about learning how to hold diversity as sacred. And that's our sacred work is to create space for all the needs. And it is utterly possible to do that. That might've been too many words.
0: No, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a reminder that we need. I think when we're all trying to get your voice heard, and then try not to trample other people trying to get their voice heard, and still create community. So I think that reminder of grace.
1: No, that's that we just like we we learn to be embodied in each other's space. We learn to come from a place of love and wideness um, with each other, and and with our healing. Uh, we're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna, we're going to, um, and we, we, there needs to be forgiveness where there's sincerity and and I, you know, there's places with white adjacency where I, you know, if that shit is rigid and you don't want to budge, I'm gonna come for you too. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't fuck around with that. Um, but if I see sincerity, uh, you know, i I meet that with my own, um, and if I see you coming with some you know, disembodied violence and you're married to that shit, I'm gonna come for your ego. Uh, I, I, I always consider myself as coming, as, as, as working toward liberations of spirits, liberations of soul. What I do is I come for egos that are not in alignment, when egos take over a person's space. Um, so I'm always working for soulful liberation, no matter what color you are. But I'm not gentle because sometimes egos, most times, uh, gentleness is not the way to get through. Not around issues like racism or sexism or uh, LGBTQ plus discrimination or trans hatred, even within that community. Um, uh, there are certain places where gentleness is, does not get the job done. I come real. So, and I don't apologize for that because racism is ugly all this shit's ugly this shit is ugly shit nobody wants to be plagued by that i think every soul wants liberation even if they don't know it
0: that's too many words No, <laughs> beautiful words all right i'd like to give back to your family but um in your space but yeah we need to connect more i just say uh, you're just man you know I really recommend, um, I'm going to be posting, um, Genesis, uh, blog, but you know, if you want to book her for workshops, because let me tell you mind blowing workshops, she held for us at HSC, um, they created too much, so much space, um, or interviews or whatever. I'll, I'll put your information because she has a lot of healing to give the world. Mm.
1: Gratitude and grace for
0: that. Honesty. I appreciate it. So.
1: Love, love, love. Love you dearly. Love you
0: too. All right, y'all. Thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Thanks for kicking it with us today. Want to talk about homeschooling and unschooling in between episodes? Follow us on Instagram at homeschooling homegirls. Enjoy the process of raising empowered people. You got this.